Hello friends, I'm your host Chris Thrill, I'm a former Royal Marines Commando, I've adventured for better and sometimes worse across 80 countries on all 7 continents. Welcome to the Bought the T-Shirt Podcast. Duncan, I don't know whether to say how are you or, or how, or is that is that a bit <laughs> is that a bit cheesy? Probably a bit cheesy, Chris. Uh, I've had I've had people doing that in pubs for a long time, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Got you. And the old you know. <laughs> yes, there was actually a funny joke about a, a a big chief on a reservation, and um, apparently you you, you th- this guy knew everything. So uh, one of the tourists rocks up on a tour bus and they and queues up to see the the, the big chief, and he says, uh, "All right, then, chief." If you're that, if you're so clever, what did I have for breakfast? And the chief, without batting an eye, they said, "Eggs." Let me know. The tourist is like, "Whoa!" So goes away, comes back the next year. He's getting all cocky. So he's like, "Right, look, come on, lads, look, the, the big chief here. He knows everything. Yeah, friend of mine, friend of mine." Walks up to him. And he says, "How?" The big chief says. Ride. <laughs> there we go. I probably insulted all the in- indigenous American cult- culture there in one go, but hey ho, <laughs> we still got a bit of freedom of speech, have we not? No, absolutely. Yes. So, uh, yes. Joking aside, um, Duncan contacted me. Friends sent me an email, and there was such fascinating stuff in it, all about the topics which I really find the most gratifying in life, which is um, esoterics, really hit the, the hidden knowledge, the stuff they hide from you your whole life. Um, and then people end up w- wondering why they're unfulfilled and they haven't fulfilled their goals. And, you know, perhaps their relationships are not working or the, the they're unhappy at work, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, as I found out over the years, there's no need to be because you can you can heal everything and um and unlike our health system in in the Western world, you know you you heal it within. Um it's very tempting, isn't it, when we're unwell or we're not happy. We we always think we gotta go to other people and they're gonna fix us. But of course even if they do that, it's generally a quick fix. It's usually with some sort of medicine that that uh, has possibly awful side effects. Um, and there's conflict of interest there, as we've seen from the last three years. When you start letting trillionaire uh, pharmaceutical companies into your life, um, you know, and, and there's lots and lots of money involved, um, I think it all goes very very, very wrong. So, Duncan, welcome to the show. Psychotherapist to natural healer. If what, what can you can you tell us what was was there a conflict there? Not so much a conflict, Chris. I, I was someone who, from being an adolescent, was looking for something, and uh, you know, it started with reading, and uh, you know, then I got older, and uh, in my early thirties, uh, I started doing a psychotherapy training. And um, and then um, I, I went to a one day workshop on uh, the medicine wheel and uh, I just realized in that workshop that I'd actually found what I was looking for. It was it just became really obvious to me and uh, I started getting involved. And very quickly, I realized that the kind of indigenous uh, Native American um, take on a lot of things um, was was. It, it, in my view, far superior to um, the stuff I was learning in psychotherapy. They had a, a kind of different um, view of what a human being was and their strategies and other things for helping human beings uh, just seemed really, really powerful. And uh, when, when I look back, really, what I think is that uh, our forms of psychology is very much the ego looking at the ego. And uh, it's, it's all very well, but the view from the... Um, 
you know, First Nation people in in um, in the Americas, uh, they they just have a, a different way of looking at human beings, which connects human beings to everything that exists, and it's not just this isolated human focus uh, by humans. They, they and and also the spiritual aspect, which is really such a a strong catalyst. And it was really interesting because I'm someone I don't, I mean, I don't have spirit guides and, uh, you know, people nattering in my ear all the time. Uh, what happens with me, I get very, you know, I'm probably pretty stupid and, and spirit like tells me directly, but I ended up going to a workshop with uh, this guy called Harley Swift here in 1987. And I came back to start my third year of psychotherapy training. And I, I just realized that uh, I, I just didn't want to be there anymore, that this stuff was so more exciting. And uh, I smoked at the time. I went outside for a cigarette and um, I was sitting thinking about this, you know, really whether I wanted to be here. And suddenly these pigeons exploded off a roof and a feather spiraled down into my lap. <laughs> and it was like, I just went inside and said, talked to the person and said, I can't do this anymore. I found something else. And uh, and she was really fine about it. She uh, she was someone who was trying to connect spirituality to transactional analysis and gestalt, but didn't really find it. And, um, yeah, and so I started uh, a kind of journey and I was, you know, I was all in really. I was very enthusiastic and very, very quickly got involved and learnt my stuff. And within two years, I was uh, able to run sweat lodges. I, I carried a medicine pipe and I started teaching and uh, doing stuff on behalf of this organization, the Deer Tribe, which was uh, a kind of multi-ethnic um, group, a lot of a lot of nat Native American american indians don't like swift here uh because he he teaches openly to to western people and things but um and he had like a different take and a lot of people say he wasn't traditional and, and i i think that's true i think he used what he had learned because he was he was mixed blood and really started to tr translate it into a western indian that was suitable for western people and certainly from my point of view this um through following this path, it's helped me a lot to overcome my own problems in life and, uh, you know, strip my ego down and understand that and also put myself in a position where I can help other people. He sounds a bit like the Bruce Lee of the medicine world. Yeah, sure. And he was an interesting man. He was actually a world martial art champion in um, Aikido. Uh, he's actually in the, uh, you know, he's got a waxwork in the uh, martial arts museum and he was a Vietnam vet, which is interesting. Um, especially in terms of what happened with me later. We'll come on and talk about that. Um, mm -hmm. I did chuckle. I wrote that. I, I wrote a couple of notes down here from your email. When I, when I write so, psychotherapist, you, if you're a sign writer, you've got to be very careful, right? Yeah. Not, not, <laughs> not psycho the rapist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, See, let me show off the knowledge I've learned then, Duncan, because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I blimmin' love it, mate. You know, I love it. When I'm in the sauna in the morning, I'm, I love listening to esoterics. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's uh, very relaxing, but it's also so educational. I'm guessing that the indigenous Indian community who always talk about the great spirit, don't they? Um, mm -hmm. I reckon they would heal people from the perspective that if everything's energy and we're energy, then you've got to bring that back into resonance or harmony. And that if there's, Absolutely, some, Chris. If, mm -hmm. if there's something wrong with somebody, something is blocking that energy or, or challenging it. That could be, for mm -hmm. example, substance misuse. It, it it could be bad thinking, couldn't it? It could be mm -hmm. um, even they say physical ailments can often be a representation of something deeper that's wrong. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Whereas Western medicine is rather than see the big picture, the holistic picture that everything's in, they try and treat you like a car in the garage, don't they? A car in the, in the mechanical garage and, you know, they 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 separate you from environment yeah mm -hmm. um 
Absolutely. I mean, and, and this is a, you know, it's a big thing in our way of thinking. You know, we have a very rational, materialist kind of Cartesian model where they take things apart and look at all the bits. Whereas in the uh, the indigenous world, they're looking for the connections and, you know, what brings things together and how different systems. Uh, systems uh integrate themselves mm. and and find find harmony and it's very much about um uh, as you say energy and uh i mean you you talked about the western model uh, a, a friend of mine um david wendelberry who was out in uh, the americas um before me in the early 80s he worked with a a healer called Bearheart, and he says he was working with him and a woman turned up for a cancer healing and the first thing he did was sat her on the floor in the desert and drew a circle and then he drew a line through the circle he says now this is your job and this is mine and in in our world we just go and see a doctor and we expect the doctor to heal us without any kind of personal effort or self-reflection or or anything really and it's it's a very it's a very different way of looking at things, and uh, it's also very much about balance. So, uh, if you take the basic medicine wheel as it applies to us, we have emotions, mind, spirit, and the physical, and uh, the center is balance. And really, it's 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 so beautifully simple. If you're suffering from something, if you look at that wheel, um, very often we're out of balance. So in our world, very often we spend loads of time in the mind. We might we might be, uh, you know, really into physical stuff. But, you know, um, you know, especially for men, emotions is, is a, like a no go area. And most people don't even know what that really means and what they feel. And spirit is something which is most people don't actually understand and they confuse it with religion and, and other things. But it's it's a very different type of energy. Yes. It was, I did some work with a lot of veterans back along. And because I get it, quote unquote, I, I get it now. I have spent my whole yeah. life not getting it. There's still a lot more that I'm going to get, but but oh, I know sure. mm-hmm. I know what's going on on the planet now. Mm-hmm. It, it be- became very problematic working with other people veterans trying to um, you know it's it's all it's nigh on impossible unless somebody wants to learn how to explain energy vibration and frequency if you want results in life whether that be your health your prospects your family happiness taking down the the cabal um that it actually starts with you rather than projecting this onto other people or other other sort of groups and like you say you go oh stop with that religious stuff and you're like it's like literally chemicals if you want to say stop with that chemical stuff yeah it's all about mm-hmm. you know chemical uh, reactions it's nothing to do with religion like literally literally nothing to do certainly not um not organized religion so um what was the no, ab- what, absolutely mm-hmm. what how did your journey progress then so you were in the kind of the you know the western model you had this moment the 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 synchronicity of a feather um can you can often get some something some synchronicity can't you that that um many people believe is a is a, almost a sign that yes keep keep going in this direction and um did this lead lead you straight to this Native American gentleman? Well, I, I'd already, it, it really confirmed uh, my thinking at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I left the uh, psychotherapy training and I apprenticed to this organization called the Deer Tribe. And um, and I, I was just really keen, Chris. I put a lot of effort into understanding. I, you know, I'd been to the workshop. We had a mail list. And, you know, I contacted lots of people and chatted to them to find out, like, their take on what we'd heard. Because I think we all hear different things. You know, we all have our own particular focus. So I did that and then joined the apprentice group. And I was just so hungry. I was – and the stuff I was hearing, I knew I was hearing it for the first time. But it felt like I knew it really deep down. Um, you know, I, I hesitate to say past life and that kind of stuff, but there was a resonance with this with this stuff inside me where I, I just knew 
what I was what I was hearing and it was it just made so much sense and in a way it recalibrated my whole way of thinking so um, you know the medicine wheels work in circles and our, our world is very linear so you know if you go to university you're in this department and this department doesn't you know ecology never talks to physics and that you know that's a real problem in our world whereas the medicine wheel view is is totally holistic in the sense that the circle contains everything and you can't go separating out an individual element and, and doing it and you know that's what we do in our world and that's why we've got plastic and pollution and you know god knows what else happening because they, they don't take account of whole systems they just focus on on the separate entities whereas the medicinal teachings focus on everything but they break down the circle into very specific sections so uh, my journey was about learning and um you know, within two years, I so I had qualified as a sweat lodge leader and a, a pipe carrier, and I, I moved up to Wales and I became a lodge leader for this organisation. So I started taking on apprentices far too early, actually, for you know, in the long run of things. I feel after 35 years, I'm just beginning to start really understanding at some depth what I'm doing and also becoming, you know, I'm, I'm getting on in, in life now and I feel becoming an elder has been very important for me to, you know, you, I think you just understand things as you get older, you know, once you're past 50 and 60, there's some things that were very important to me that don't really matter in my life so much now. And you, you just get a very mature focus and insight and experience of, of life. You know, you when you live a long time, you, you, you see a lot of things. And um, so, you know, that that's helped me a lot. And as I say, I just got absolutely involved and um, and I was keen. And I used to I, I have been out to America, but a lot of my training was in Britain because Swift Air, uh, he only came once uh, to visit. But he used to go to Switzerland uh, once a year for a month. And I just I just used to save all my money and go there and stay for a month. And it was like four workshops, but lots of stuff going on in between. It would be like five day workshops with other days. And um, yeah, I was just so hungry to learn. And I just gradually started building um Mm. you know my knowledge and and hopefully started stepping into some wisdom uh, after a time Let, let's chat about these workshops but i just want to give another example for our friends at home so they see how how this mm -hmm. works and how we're being let down so when i was a substance misuse specialist haha -ha, mm -hmm. i can't i kind of am because it's, <laughs> it's, it's the area i probably know the best in life uh mm -hmm. hands-on experience and all that but so um we we used to do a lot of child protection, unfortunately. Um, sure, it, sure. It, it was awful. And when a child is at risk, um, basically because their parents are so in the grip of addiction that they can't mm -hmm. look after themselves, let alone adequately parent. And I'm not, not blaming the parents here, right? Because... No, sure. Well, addictions. It, there's the main it's, theme, isn't it? it? It's, it's getting a fix. It's, it's awful, and there's not enough understanding of of this area. Mm -hmm. But so we would have these what were called core groups, and the idea of a core group is in the best interest to protect this child, and from experiences like, for example, I think the Victoria Climbier case, where it kind of like. The social worker wasn't talking to the teacher. The teacher wasn't talking to the local police mm -hmm. woman. The local police were, woman wasn't talk, talking to the, you know, the and and and, and uh, the GP or the youth. It, and and this. That's uh, a lot. I, I I've worked in juvenile justice and social services, the care system, and I I absolutely understand, Chris. Yes. Yeah. So that things have changed a little bit, but uh, and there is more kind of interagency cooperation but but it, it still happens yeah well it, it 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 is tokenistically and again i think baby p was another example where people weren't quite talking to so i would rock up these core groups uh where all the professionals involved in this child's life should turn up give their report for the past you know these were held every sometimes every month um, there were sort of bigger ones held every three months or whatever the case was. But anyway, doctor, would they rock up? <laughs> You're having a laugh. They're too busy in their clinic, you know, giving their patients their six minutes of time and and taking their un 150 grand a, 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 a year. Police, would the police rock up? No, 
you know, uh, I don't think I ever saw a police, you know, oh, will the police lock the person up when when they they've caught them? I don't know, sex working or oh yeah, they'll be the first to lock up your mm-hmm. client. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. My my point is just such a, a fractured system where the left hand doesn't not doesn't even know what the right hand is doing but even if they did they wouldn't work with them anyway it, it it's it's mm-hmm. it you know it, it it how can a doctor who doesn't even know what's going on in in this child's life manage the parents prescriptions of you know methadone or whatever mm-hmm. so so i i get it duncan you know i complete completely get it can we you say workshops uh, you mentioned pipe carrier and sweat lodge can you talk us through some of these healing processes okay well the the sweat lodges uh sorry the um the workshops um i mean i, I still do run workshops I, i've got a, a a men's brotherhood workshop coming up in uh in, in september um i started by doing it i just uh really it, it was very interesting i uh, i rocked up at a um uh you know let's call it a new age event it's not a word i particularly like but it's a kind of coverall phrase and uh uh i did a a, a medicinal workshop and i also do something called five ribbons dance which is an ecstatic ecstatic dance uh thing with uh you know it's dance without steps really and um yeah i and i got them very well and um from that one event i got nearly 10 years of work because what what happened was after the event a couple of people come and said look i've got a, a little group of you know spiritual group that i run of about 10 15 people would you come along and do a weekend workshop and i said yeah i'd love to and you know from that workshop people approached me and really for a long time i never advertised i just got recommended to people so in the workshops i'd talk about the the, the uh, indigenous paradigm the medicine wheel like you know I, there's lots of different topics within that so i'd i'd focus on particular you know aspects of the medicine wheel um and uh you know that was like the teaching thing now the uh being a pipe carrier is um the uh the native american pipe i mean a lot of people call it a peace pipe but it's not it's it's probably one of the the best and most powerful ways of holding ceremony the pipe represents all sorts of uh things and it's a pipe where you put tobacco or herbs not nothing um hallucinogenic or whatever it's actually just just a smoking herb and it's a prayer ceremony really so you call in the, the powers of the universe that work with the medicine wheel uh paradigm and uh and you and and you you do prayers and the prayers go off into the smoke and then join with everything and they're you know uh in the in the native american tradition they they go and the eagles take them to the great spirit the great mystery so that the prayers are heard and it's a really it's a way of focusing and holding spiritual energy in a powerful way while you're doing ceremony and the sweat lodge which is i mean it's probably best described in a way as a spiritual sauna but you build out of hazel or willows or flexible branches a uh, a small uh, like bender like construction uh not huge but you know maybe 13 foot across uh uh diameter and that is covered with blankets and uh tarpaulins so inside it's really dark and in uh i don't work with the center pit although many traditions do i work with the northeast pit so uh, you have a fire outside uh rocks are heated and you've got to be very careful which kind of rocks because uh you know people try and do this and end up putting something like flint on a fire and it's like a hand grenade going off uh you know it's like you hear horror stories of people who haven't actually trained properly and people have actually died there was a um somebody who's trying to be the first new age billionaire who killed several i think it was three people in america uh, never trained and i think he he was using plastic and i think he suffocated people but you know he, he i think he actually went to prison for it but as i say uh the rocks are bought in and uh you sit in the dark and it's a very it's very similar to you do an invocation and evocation of the powers uh, and you do this by pouring water onto the stones which creates steam and this this steam and heat goes around the lodge but really in a way it, i mean the heat is very tangible but it's the energy that's there and it's really because we're not as solid as we think you know actually we're there's only about 0.99 
percent of us is actually physically here according to modern day physics so this this energy is passing through your energy field and, and cleansing you and there's rounds of prayers focused on different things so uh, i mean there's all sorts of different sweat lodges but the classic one would be the first round is the invocation evocation and then prayers for yourself so you're you're praying for those things you want to come into your life for healing you know abundance whatever it is you you need the second round might be prayers for other people so you're praying for your relatives and the planet the third one might be a, a round of gratitude or a giveaway and the fourth round is in silence and you just thank the powers and listen to the the song the the stones sing but it, it's immensely powerful and um you know, I mean, it, it, it's not about me because my job's just to hold the space. But within the sweat lodges, spirit speaks to people. I've had, you know, lots of people who have been drinkers that have gone into a sweat lodge. And really, they've radically cut down their drinking or not drunk, drunk again because spirit has told them something. And it's so powerful and so meaningful that they walk away from that. And, um, yeah, all sorts, of, all sorts of things. And as I say, that's not my job to create that. My job is to actually just hold the space and also to keep it safe. And uh, I've been running sweat lodges for getting on for 33 years now. And uh, to my knowledge, no one's ever been hurt. And, you know, I think that's so important spiritually. I, I hear lots of things about people who go to workshops and come away distraught and messed up. And really, you know, I think it's very important that you know we keep people safe and try and return them to the world at least in the same condition if not better through these processes i did a, a medicine ceremony recently there's a lot of similarities with someone who's lived a party lifestyle and experimented with this that and the other over the years but mm-hmm. between that and and doing a, a ceremony in fact to be honest i think part of the problem in my mind is there was no real distinction for me although the setting was beautiful the people were beautiful the mm-hmm. the uh, some of the stuff that we underwent was just incredible when they they put the tongs the tuning tongs on your chest and just dong uh-huh. and it goes through your whole body and makes you feel like a million billion dollars it was just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but here's the thing when I shut my eyes, oh, my God, you don't want to know what I was seeing. It was, and we're talking Am, uh, Am, Amazonian stuff here, folks, for people, people, people oh, that, sure, sure. You know, I, people, I understand totally. <laughs> and, and every time I shut my eyes, I just had these hideous demon beings coming at me like this, literally, mm-hmm. literally. And, and it was like a kaleidoscope of almost like a real, uh, almost like my own personal version of a day of the triffids <laughs> and then mm-hmm. and then then this would morph into visions and stuff i just didn't want to be seeing you know it was bringing my loved ones into it and horrible things happening and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh i i don't know whether you know i needed to have that inter ter- interpreted for me um I, I will say overall i found it quite an interesting experience and i did come away definitely feeling there was three areas of my life that boom come on chris you got to mm-hmm. one one of them i've, I've managed quite quite well in. Really. i'm quite pleased um but my point duncan was had i been another veteran possibly who's not as well-rounded and familiar with this, Mm -hmm. you know, spiritual understanding and someone who's, you know, done a bit of this, that, and the other in their life. I could have spun out big time is what I'm trying to say. We're confronted in this world today with lots of very powerful things like the, you know, the South American substances you're talking about, which are incredibly powerful. And, um, you know, they come from traditions where people know how to hold that energy. And if you work with properly trained people from the traditions, to a large degree, they will see what's going on inside of you and stop some of that stuff. Obviously, they want you to, and, and these things are very powerful and people get extremely pertinent messages. Uh, you know, the, these substances have been used in alcoholism and, and you know, really hardcore drug addiction and people just it just speaks to that point where people can't avoid it anymore you know it, it like tells them the truth 
and and that's really good but uh, I think there's a lot of people now uh, running around in the world who are not really properly trained. They might get access to this stuff. Um, also, look, there's light and dark in all spiritual traditions to some degree, and not not everything's, you know, beautiful light. There are some people who are whose motives and other things are quite different. And and again, if you're just doing things for money, perhaps rather than you know your spiritual integrity one has to question really what are you doing in those areas and you know i've come across lots of casualties where people have picked up entities and you know all sorts of of stuff that i've i've had to work on to clear you know almost like an exorcism in in, in some cases mm -hmm. because people have picked this stuff up they've not been properly protected and uh you know they've been harmed by it and it you know and it's it's like they've been opened up and this stuff is you know they finished the ceremony and it's still happening and, and as you say with someone who has had um those experience you know say a veteran who's had experiences if they're not protected properly and there's no real integrity in the ceremony you're exposed to all sorts of stuff and um you know for sure look, this stuff goes on in people's psyches anyway you know um this kind of repetition of, of events and trauma but really you know the job of people that are, are running you know good wholesome ceremonies is to protect people and as i say my job really isn't to create experiences for people my job is to hold a space and and keep keep the you know and i've been taught how to protect things like sweat lodges and ceremony and 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 things like that you know when i put people out on initiations um you know where they might spend a night in a circle in you know in the dark in the forest or somewhere like that you know we we have levels of protection and you know and i have a fairly good idea not of the detail but where that person is and you know and it's my job to check in and, and if things start to go well, to send protection and other you know other energetic forms there to to help that person get through that experience mm -hmm. um and as i say you know that you know i don't want to criticize people but you know I, i've heard some horror stories particularly when it involves things like teacher plants um with people who who clearly don't really know what they're doing and uh you know uh, a friend of mine uh went to a a very big um peyote ceremony and he had worked with again somebody who had been president of the native american peyote church um and this guy had said to him that if anybody gets sick in my ceremony i'm doing something wrong and he said he was in this large teepee with about 250 people and he said it was just like sick bags all night long and he said the atmosphere in there was terrible and he said my prayers were great spirit get me out of here <laughs> um, it's a funny thing actually i was the only one that didn't throw up um that tells sure. you that mm -hmm. tells you a bit about my substance misuse over the years <laughs> uh, no sure, um, but it, uh, also chris it's 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 you know I, i've done the same kind of stuff and i've had similar experience I, i've done it quite a few times and uh and it's not really teacher plants are not really my way um you know it's not like i don't get anything out of it but you know compared to some people i don't get the you know the the huge kind of thing that people get but um i and i've spoken to you know the people from the amazon about that and they say that you know they you know he, he, one guy said he, i see you've done lots and i said not really but i've done quite a lot of work on myself and he said yeah i can see that because otherwise you'd be with the pukers in the back row so th the fact that you didn't probably means you've actually cleared a lot of that psychic stuff um that doesn't have to come out just you know on the physical level which you know if, if you've got no idea of what's going on inside yourself that's likely what's going to happen yes i wouldn't want to but uh, because the two chaps I were with, they were having a blissful time to the point where, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, I certainly think they were thinking like maybe we don't need to do this again. We're we're kind of there certainly mm -hmm. for the you know mm -hmm. this, and and I don't want to sound like I'm sounding ungrateful. No, absolutely not. I'm just no, being, sure, sure. I'm just being honest. Uh, would I, am I glad I did it? Me. Folks, I'm only talking for me here. I wouldn't recommend yeah, no, anyone else on this planet mm -hmm. do anything, and I've never done that. But for me, yes, I'm. I, it, it was a very interesting experience. Um, I really did feel that I needed to get in the pub and knock down two pints of lager, which I understand is not part of the, you know, no, sure. but but <laughs> but. It, it it i think it's because it kind of like these you know when when you have like a quote unquote bad trip is basically your bot you're in 
a severe form of shock i i think and and when you come out of, come out of it you're a bit like whoa um but yes fa- fascinating fascinating you know absolutely fascinating and, and the the charman was was wonderful really um mm-hmm. in, in in um incredible person you you can say that put us all at ease and clearly clearly knew mm-hmm. knew knew what they, they they were doing so um this chap the the native american so what did he did he ever give much about his vietnam experience away oh oh yeah he um i mean he was really messed up by vietnam and it was part of his healing journey he, he was someone i mean uh look some of these characters people don't agree uh you know they call them liars and stuff but as far as i know this guy was called harley swift here he um he was half cherokee half irish uh was brought up in texas uh you know because the cherokee were moved from you know the east coast into texas on the trail of tears and and actually it wasn't just native americans there was lots of irish scots and welsh and other people who had uh had actually you know if you imagine you come from the irish potato famine and you you walk into this <laughs> this community of people which are really different and healthy uh they wanted to join in and, and be part of it so and swift air was uh, he was a martial artist um he, he was a world champion and uh the vietnam war came along and and he was in um you know one of the marine recon things and he, he was did a lot of stuff behind lines um and he got really messed up really messed up with you know the ptsd and uh and and the thing you know i mean vietnam was a you know, I watched this as a as a child, really, and you know, and uh, as a young teenager, and I was quite fascinated because it, it was crazy. You know, you talk about vets who are one minute they're out in the jungle, and twenty four hours later they're in New York City. You know, after you know, you know, and, and just that that kind of contrast, and and they go crazy because there's no um normalization afterwards people are just you know you're a soldier one day and then you're back in out on the street and you're expected to cope with that kind of thing and he was very angry and he was a lorry driver and he went uh he stopped for lunch in a little hip town and he saw uh, this group of white guys abusing this indian woman and he stepped in and had a fight hurt some of them badly one of them was uh, the son of the guy who pretty much ran the town and he ended up in prison um and you know he, he got his teeth kicked out gang right all, all sorts of stuff and when he got out of there he was in a real mess and uh his story is really when he was a child he dreamed with this um native american guy from the navajo tribe and um he remembered these dreams and he went and found this guy and this guy kind of helped him to come back through ceremony and, and other things and then at one point he went out and started teaching and uh I really liked him. He was um, he was a really interesting man. You know, a very clever man. Uh, you know, someone who it wasn't just Native American spirituality. He was pretty good across lots of different things. You know, he he had um, he had, you know gone to college and allegedly had PhDs and stuff like that. And um, and he what he was trying to do, which is you know, and I feel myself in a similar place. He was trying to translate these teachings into a form where Western people and living in modern industrial societies could actually gain something. And I, you know, I feel that you know I'm almost translating the American into into British and trying to make it appropriate to my culture. And it's that balance of absolutely ancient and absolutely modern. And also, I would say that I think some of the these teachings have been held um, by Native Americans, but I think they come from lost civilizations a long time ago, and and that they are something that's travelled through many different cultures. And I don't think people own spirituality, and the way I'm not working with you know Lakota spirit entities and stuff these are you know the things i work with are the spirits of this land i might use a languaging and, and a structure to to call them and also i think that um there's a lot of similarities that our um celtic ancestors were very very similar to the native american tribes not not in detail but you know they probably had different symbol systems but the way and the understanding and the the foundation of their spirituality was probably very very similar and i think we're in a time where we need to regrow our own roots because these things have been persecuted out of existence you know lots of people died you know you, you when, when the church established itself you know and after after constantine it was illegal to be a pagan <laughs> and um 
you know, you, you could be murdered. And, you know, everybody says, oh, it was the good news of Jesus. Well, it actually wasn't, in my view. It was kings who were frightened of losing their power who converted to Christianity because they could be attacked by Christian armies. And then, mm. you know, they built churches on the old sacred sites and people were gradually corralled, you know, into religion and, you know, over hundreds of years. Um you know, we've we've got the present day thing, and that, you know, I'm not against Christianity, and I know some some lovely Christian people, but you know, the church is another entity completely, and uh, you know, we we all know about you know if you if you've looked around at the roots of that stuff and what it's really about, it's not about love, light, and joy. <laughs> it's about some you know, it's more about financials and and other stuff really, and and control. Yes, you're preaching to the choir here, brother. Um, you know. Christ comes from the Greek word Christos, which means the anointed one. Anointed mm -hmm. with what you may ask, anointed with the oil of oil of gladness. It's a it's yeah. an alchemical process, isn't it, within us, Duncan? That when we're firing, oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, when we're living a, a a righteous spiritual lifestyle to the best of our ability, our our body is a crystal, and it and it picks up the the reception of the higher energy mm -hmm. and. I can only speak for myself, but you, you literally buzz like, like I'm doing now, just sat here. That's the main takeaway from the word Christ. Of course, the church has completely taken that word in, created the story of a man around it. I believe the man was, uh, Yeshua or Yeshua. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think he died on a, on a, cross i think that again that's all all allegory mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. but it's it's fascinating i mean to go back to what you're saying about ancient civilizations and and um native american yes they're absolutely right and this is where christianity's not being very honest so the, the, the let's just use the term jesus he's on the cross mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and he has the, the, the five wounds, so the, the crown of thorns, the nails through his hands, nail through his feet, four, and then uh, and then the Roman centurion spikes him with the sword to make sure that he's truly dead, and then he goes to the father. It's all allegory for stimulating like your hypothalamus or, um, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That, that you only do this and you only connect with with universe spirit when you overcome your five senses that's what the five wounds is about mm -hmm. same with david and yeah, goliath yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. same with david and mm -hmm. goliath isn't it to overcome the big ego that's your goliath david pings five pebbles at him and the fifth one hits him here pineal gland all seeing mm -hmm. eye third eye and it's all allegory for getting over this body and understanding this body doesn't really exist for the for the reasons Duncan said that if we're, we're like 0.01% of matter, the rest is just vibration and frequency. And yeah. the native cultures and the indigenous and the ancients, they clearly knew this, which is why they... Oh, sure. I mean, they... they you know, one of the significant things with the Native American cultures is that they talk about this being a dream. And, uh, you know, it's a, another level of the dream you have at, at night time. And uh, it's set. This is a much more controlled dream with, you know, very rigorous boundaries, you know. So, you know, at night you could walk through the wall, but, you know, here you'd probably hurt yourself. <laughs> and again, you know, what happened with Christianity is that, you know, it, my belief is it, it came from a lot of the teachings that were called, you know, we used to call them Gnostics. And a lot of people think that the Gnostics became Christians. Actually, in, in from what I've heard from people, it was more about the Gnostics actually criticized Christianity and called it a virus in the human psyche. And they were eliminated. The, the mystery schools were eliminated. And the the first Christians, particularly the, uh, you know, the Christian fathers were... You know, they were very hardcore and they were literalists. They saw everything as literal rather than the allegory, which had been the way things were taught in the past. And it all became very concretized. And, you know, and, and you know, as a result, lots of people have suffered. You know, lots of people were, you know, burnt and killed and tortured. And, you know, the most horrendous things happening in, in, in the name of, you know, a God of love or, you know, yes. or Jesus or whatever. And, you know, that as I say, look, 
you know, I know lots of really good Christian people. You know, I would say that, you know, if you look at the history of the church, you will see an, another story. And they've never apologized. I mean, in the Americas, there's a guy called Stannard who wrote a book called uh, American, I think it's American Genocide. And he puts the number of people killed in the Americas as 100 million people that died of plague, torture, you know, starved to death, you know, murdered, you know, across North and South America. And, it, and, it, and it's huge and it's not even mentioned. Yeah, so we've got all the stuff in Canada, haven't we, the, with the with the orphanages oh, and gosh, stuff. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yes, it, it, no, it, I mean, it, 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 here's the thing: it's all good three dimensional stuff, isn't it? It's the it's the lowest form of vibration, and 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 it, we don't need to defend ourselves. It just is. If if you don't mm-hmm. want the answers in life, join a religion because <laughs> they're not going to. They literally. Well, you know, they literally their job is to not tell you to keep you in in the matrix so that the, the psycho trillionaire corporate psychopaths um, can further control you and further their, uh, you know, their, their their world order, so to speak. But mm-hmm. Duncan, you work with special forces guy. And can you tell us a bit about that experience? <laughs> Well, yeah, it's uh, well, it's part of a story, really, Chris. During the uh, the late nineteen nineties, there was uh, a lot of stuff coming out from uh, radical and political Native Americans. Uh, there was an organisation called AIM, which was the American Indian Movement, and you know they were having a war uh, on various res- reservations with the uh, FBI and other things. It was getting really heavy, and they started criticising people who were teaching white people. And you know, I, I really understand that you know they had their land stuff stolen their culture was destroyed pretty much everything ab- about the old tribes had been completely destroyed and they got angry because they were saying look you've done this and you're not going to take our spirituality so they started criticizing you know, even some of their own spiritual leaders you know like wallace black elk you know he had his nose broken by them and he was like the black elk is a he was the 19th black elk in the lineage of black elks who was like the lakota shaman and also people like my teachers were heavily criticized and uh, um, you know, I wasn't oblivious to this and it, it started to get to me and uh, it got to a point where it started to affect my work. And um, and eventually I went out onto the land, did a ceremony and spirit said, listen, you need to walk away for five years. Um, and uh, after that five year period, anything that's left is yours. And, and, and I'll tell you what, I mean, it was the last thing I wanted to hear. It was my ego, my identity, my money stream. I'd invested all this time. I'd walked away from really good employments. But it was such a strong message. I did that. And I, I had my hair cut. I went back into the system and worked for a probation charity, wrote a youth safety strategy for a um, uh uh, West Midlands uh, City and uh, ended up working for Connections, which is like the, the career service. Mm. And after the five years were over, I was quite relieved to get out of that system because I, I didn't really enjoy it anymore. I was very capable, but I just didn't enjoy the work. And um, and I put my pipe together and said, Great Spirit, I'm back. What's for me? And within three days, I got a phone call from a woman whose uh, partner was suffering from PTSD quite badly. And I, I, to be honest, Chris, I didn't even know what PTSD was. But um, And I said, OK, look, I'll go out and I'll come and meet you and have a chat with you and see if there's anything I can do. And I met this guy and he turned out to be, uh, uh, he, he had been in the Paras um, and uh, in the Falklands as a sniper. And then he joined the SAS and had done eight years. And then he had had a career as a mercenary when he was, uh, when he left the things and had really, he was trying to kill himself, really taking crazy missions, but he was someone who just kept coming back. And, uh, you know, this guy was in a really bad way. He was suicidal. He was having daytime and nighttime hallucinations. Um, and it, it was basically driving him, him crazy and he was he was struggling to cope and um in talking to him i realized that you know my grandfather had been in the battle of mons as a 16 year old uh you know facing huge odds and fine artillery artillery pieces uh uh you know um german guards walking um you know prussian guards walking shoulder to shoulder you know almost point blank range and you know that was 
that was a huge thing and he, he went pretty much through the first world war and i remember as a kid he'd wake up i shared a room with him and he'd wake up screaming and you know my image of my grandfather is him sitting in uh you know the one piece combination you know vests and underpants and vest crying and, and his tears actually i could hear his tears hitting the lino and this was like years after the war my father had been in the navy and seconded for a short time into special naval special forces in africa diving in because he was a trained as a navy diver at one point when the midget submarines started attacking ships and uh, and again he you know he would he would wake up on you know fall asleep during a film on saturday afternoon or sunday or something and uh wake up screaming so I, I had experiences of this i just didn't connect it with ptsd so when i was talking to this guy i just i, I just knew what to do i needed i i know i know he needed a sweat lodge and i needed to bury him because this guy he clearly wanted to die really and but the i use a, a form of shamanic burial um with some people who suffer from PTSD, it depends on who they are and what's appropriate. And it, it, it isn't for some people. And I won't go into all the details and, uh, and uh, because, uh, you know, people might try this and it, it's really, you've got to be very careful doing this kind of what you do need to know what you're doing. But anyway, this guy came to me, we did a sweat lodge and, um, you know, we got to know each other a bit. And, um, you know, I remember a very crucial point. He he was smoking roll-ups and he uh, he kept going outside for a roll-up and I was talking to his partner and she, and she was saying, this is amazing. He doesn't talk to people. He doesn't like people. And he's telling you things I haven't even heard from him. Uh, and, and then one point she said, be very, very careful. Don't touch him. He's really dangerous. And I remember after the sweat lodge, he was, you know, we were, I was saying goodbye to him and, and I, I knew I just had to hug him. It was like that human... <laughs> that human thing and i was getting this dialogue going and 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 i hug the guy and it's really interesting i i still see this guy occasionally and he's he's not a hugger but he always hugs me you know as a big military bear, bear hugging uh hug but um and anyway so um he came back and because because this guy had been working in northern ireland and living in you know holes um you know ob observing for long periods of time i knew it wasn't a, you know just a one-day burial so i did a two-day shamanic burial with him where he was you know not deep in to the earth but it's usually about knee height so you're actually in the earth because the earth actually has a a power when you're into it to clear energy because you know it's grandmother earth, she's huge <laughs> compared to us and uh, she doesn't discriminate uh, about good and bad with people you know we're all her children no matter what we do and so i did this two-day ceremony uh with him and it was um to be honest, it was pretty scary, really. Once I'd opened my pipe and he was in there, I, I just realised what I was dealing with. And uh, and I had to go and see him every 12 hours. And it was like, I used to have these kind of Rambo fantasies that he'd, he'd come out of this pipe with a sharp stick and finish me off, you know, because it, it was clear sometimes he actually didn't know where he was. But um, I, I got through it. And um, when I got him out, he was he said that uh, he nearly came out on, the, the last night and i asked him why and he said because I, I was just sick as a dog he said i was just puking everywhere and then i remembered what you said about grandmother has come to cleanse and heal me so i stayed in and anyway, I, I gave him a plastic bag for his stuff and then uh we went and did a sweat lodge to to, to finish off and um he phoned me two days later and he said listen mate there was no puke and i said no no that was psychic puking and and what he was doing really was puking out all of this energy now um it turned out that this guy that the he told me that he went to combat stress which is you're probably familiar with which is the um the charity that deal with ptsd for the for the forces and he said that he, he'd been tested and they've been testing since 1916 and he had the highest ever score i can't validate that but i did have a chat with the chief psychiatrist at combat stress at one point and she called it a miracle she couldn't understand what i did how i did it but she said it was a miracle she couldn't believe the change in this guy who was couldn't even do group work which he was now doing uh you know the, the, his his dreams and things of society not cured but he was so much better that he could actually cope with the everyday things which he found impossible and interestingly i said well I, i'd be very happy to come and do some work with you and uh, she said no no you're far too alternative for us <laughs> and you know after kind of sorted out one of their worst uh worst clients and uh after this i wrote an article in a, a kind of magazine and uh i actually got quite a lot of work not not just with soldiers but people suffering suffering abuse and what i've developed really is is several methods of, of, of dealing with that the shamanic burial is a very powerful one uh but i i work with people making fetishes where they 
you know, over several days, they push all of these experiences or the energy of these things and go and bury this thing and then create, uh, it's called a death doll life doll ceremony. So you create a death doll, which you push all of the, the crap that you want to get rid of. And then you ceremonial, ceremonially bury this. And, uh, and then you build a life doll, which is, you know, redreaming your future and I, I i've developed several methods with, you know and really um particularly because i get people come to me in the winter and winter burials i live up in wales you know you drown people <laughs> it's so wet so mm. you you know there's and sometimes it's emergency stuff so i've and really what i've done is adapted ceremonies that i've done and initiations that i've done um for that thing and it's something you know i just hit on it really and um and so i'm very interested at the moment i was been working with a friend recently and i'd like to do um we've actually applied to a couple of particularly special forces charities um and they're interested but they say they'd actually we've tried to apply to them to get funding so we can have psychiatry reports before and afterwards to show the difference and the, how this works and currently i'm i'm still looking for funding for um for running a running a trial for for stuff like that but it was amazing and it shocked me chris because you know i had i really hadn't done this kind of stuff and before this i'd never really considered that i was a healer i was a good teacher i was a good ceremonialist but a healer was something i i kind of thought no no i'm not really you know that's not really what i'm doing but after that i kind of had to own that a little bit and you know what and what it made me realize was that um that because i'd helped someone like him basically i could help the everyday average neurotic in our, in our world <laughs> of which you know all, that applies to all of us in my view you know i think we live in a culture that's quite sick and we all need healing you know every everybody and uh if you don't understand that well you've probably got a journey to take to to discover that because i think we're all affected by the nature of our culture and we and it's coming to an end you know this is a kind of end time there is a a, a, a new energy coming and you know i'm into the man calendar and things um you know and i've seen this coming for a long time and most of what my teachers told me back in 1987 has come through a long time ago so yeah and it was a real really transformative thing to me and uh and really and in many ways it healed me because uh, to be honest when i'd stopped working i wasn't sure i was going to go back to this stuff it was like you know have i lost it really is this for me anymore and then this guy turning up it was it was like really appropriate and it gave me the confidence to work on my own without my teachers and did he you know, this, um this happened didn't sorry dunk did he did he tell you much about his childhood trauma uh it he had been in care and um, yeah, there were various boom, things boom, that happened. Boom, there, yeah, there you go. And, uh, I'm you know, sorry. And, I'm... You know, his, his father actually had been uh, one of the original SAS and was a very angry, messed up person as a, as a result. And, uh, you know, was quite violent and things in the family. And, uh, you know, he suffered that from, from a child. Mm. And, you know, I, I, you know, and as I say, I've worked with lots of people who have suffered childhood abuse and the PTSD is as bad. And, it, and you know, people take it different ways some people become dreadful victims some people just get really angry and really violent and you know I've, I've met a whole spectrum of people that have taken that in in different ways but again these these things um you know whether you're military or whether you suffered abuse are really powerful and as i say it's also not for everybody uh, you know there's some people i think maybe not a burial um and we'd have to go a bit more gently but um you know and the thing is I, i'm interested in really powerful things that, that get to it and heal people quickly. I don't want to do therapy with someone for, you know, 10 years. I'd prefer to do a ceremony and, uh, and then support them a bit afterwards, which is what I did with this guy. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, I'm sorry. I asked you that question on for a reason. It's, um, mm -hmm. you know, we have a very delusional idea of what, of what the military is full stop, but also mm -hmm. a, a, about, veterans trauma and i i just know oh because i've done this for quite a while now and been it you know been been, been traumatized myself as a kid um yeah i've heard your story chris yeah. overwhelmingly we're talking childhood trauma they 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 mm -hmm. spin they spin it the military spins it into like you get this in combat i'm not saying you can't get traumatized in combat but it's a lot easier to relieve adult trauma because you can rationalize, whereas childhood trauma is yep. deeply, mm -hmm. deeply ingrained because it happened to you so young and you didn't have the ability to rationalize. And I don't, I think the military don't want to admit that 
many of us, if not a majority, were, you know, we was damaged goods. That's why we joined up. No, no, for sure. And look, it's um, it is that foundational level which then gets built on and built on and built on. And uh, you, you know, you you probably say this yourself that when you have an early childhood trauma, you tend to attract the same thing until you learn to sort it out. Mm-hmm. And you know, some people become really tough, and you know, the military is a drawer. And if you know, I, I've I'm quite interested in the SAS and and things like that, and have been. Uh, you know, I'm not, I've never been in the military, but I've had an interest, you know, I've read the books and, you know, that kind of stuff. And when you look at the history of a lot of these people, you know, that that's where they started. You know, they may not talk about it deeply, but, you know, they're kind of saying that, you know, I didn't have a very happy childhood. Uh, you know, some people are very explicit, but, um, mm. and, and, you know, again, spe- particularly with special forces, I, I think that, uh, you know, those people, A, it appeals to them because they want to be really tough, but but also these these people can be focused and, and sent out because they have that energy. Uh, and, you know, and a lot of it's really deep, deep, uh, deeply rooted anger, which can be focused as, you know, as violence and uh, and whatever and you know it becomes very clinical in lots, lots of people. And, you know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I really admire special forces people and um you know what they get up to and you know just passing you know we've all seen the training films and stuff like that it's a really you know it's not not certainly not for everybody and it takes a certain sort of person to um to go through it and like you know you've done the same through the uh through the marines commando thing like that you know it's a very testing regime and uh and again then the, when you're exposed to the extreme violence and traumas that happen in war and it's you know it's you know i, I know with this guy it wasn't just you know what he did it was what he'd seen you know what happened to friends and um that whole thing and and it's like a layered cake it just builds mm. and builds and builds and I, I say my way of working with it is not you know we did talk about things and, and and in fact really i wish he had told me certain things because they they kind of stay with you and you know that reality of war and you know the really nasty side of things that he'd seen but really what i'm interested in is clearing the energy you know when i work with people i don't really want to know the details of their childhood trauma and abuse i need to know what i'm working with but really i prefer people to go out and talk to a tree <laughs> And, and 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 dismiss that stuff and you know that's actually a very good way of doing it because trees don't judge you and you can be really honest whereas human beings there's always that that thing about judgment and also i mean it happened in the um with you in in you know in 1916 with people um who who were suffering from shell shock that the psychiatrists actually got ptsd because they were listening to these horror stories all day long and then they started dreaming about it anyone can join the marines um mm-hmm. It's just if you want to, if that's your thing and you want to do it, yes, it's true. A very small percentage actually get through compared to how many people go down the recruiting office. But that was something in my life. Was it tough? Yeah, it was like a seven out of 10 tough. Mm-hmm. It, it's becoming a spiritual warrior, which is where the the honor lies, you could say. When you stop taking, yeah, sure. Look, I, I, I distinguish. I mean, the warrior is an interesting thing. I, I'm, I, I follow a kind of Toltec spirituality, which comes from the Mayans, and actually, my teachers say that they, they brought that energy into into North America and uh, when they uh, on some of their migrations. And the idea of the, the spiritual warrior is interesting because a soldier is someone who fights physical wars. A, a warrior is someone who fights their own demons inside the within, yeah and, and that and there's something we all need all need to do and and if you're not a warrior and you're dealing with tough stuff it's very difficult and you need you need to adopt the same kind of mindset but it, it it's turned inward rather than outwards yeah yeah that's that that's exactly it and um so okay duncan just one final thing then when you look around yourself in in this world there is an awful lot of negative stuff ranging from the almost benign negative like the fact that i don't know some people choose to have like a television in their house um Mm. scrolling sky news all day long um you know that, that you can ignore that because that's in other people's houses, and you have a choice whether to go around there, don't you? 
but then you've mm-hmm. got you've got some much more hard hitting stuff like for example people that think they can lock you in your house for for a year mm-hmm. um and an experiment on your body and this kind of stuff and and then there's the you know the 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 world economic forum with the 15 minute cities and their uh, <clears throat> human climate change and all this kind of stuff and what i'm getting at is the list is endless isn't it oh yeah the list is endless where do you start i'll just say i I think first of all we we need to see what's happening in our world in context and i say i'm someone who follows the man and aztec calendars and have for a long time and what they say briefly is that every 6625 years the sun changes the nature of his energy and the sun is the supreme god lord of this planet it works with grandmother earth in in lots of different ways but when the sun changes its energy it's like a a magnet changing uh the nature of its field and we're like iron filings we just realign and that is part of what's happening now and i think that the the reason we're getting this kind of acceleration of control and stuff like that is that the people who have been in charge of the world for a long long time and i'm talking about thousands and thousands of years um and you you can see the same bloodlines you know most of the today's rulers are related to constantine you know it's the same families that have been in power in the world these people are very very worried because they know there's something coming that they can't control so they're trying to shut things down Uh, i don't think they're going to succeed and in fact actually i think they're running scared and when you look and i'm so glad for myself that i can see that that larger picture because when you have that larger picture and you see what's going on you're not uh running up face to face with all of these things and getting terrified i I see it as a bigger picture um and uh you know i i truly believe it's going to change and the way we change that is it's like you said when you change yourself the world changes and i think that there's um what i feel is happening is that we're going to go back into uh a in the future we'll come to a time when everybody will be connected to the collective consciousness and we will just know what these people are up to there won't be you know it's not about watching videos we will just understand and i think you know that understanding comes through the heart which is far more powerful than than our brain it's got a much bigger magnetic field and um that that's where we're going and i i think we need to be positive fear is you know in 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 the teachings i carry fear is the first enemy of the human and most people never escape it you know a lot of the time you need to learn to face your own fears a lot of the initiations of things i do you know they're one of them is called night on the mountain of fear and you go out into a sealed medicine wheel overnight in the dark in you know in in somewhere in nature and you face you call and face your own fears and you know what that does you know when you come back in the morning it gives your warrior a little foundation to stand on because most people don't face their fears they don't even know they're in denial i'm not scared i used to be like that i didn't think i was afraid of anything and it you know when i started looking at myself i was actually afraid of everything and and tiny little things that you would think you know it's like you know gulliver with the lilliputians or whatever they were called you know on their own one thing but there's thousands of them they can just disable you and and i've been in that state for you know the first part of my life even though i thought i was tough and clever and everything like that but actually really i was just reacting to life and fear all of the time and you know so you know the idea of a warrior for me is that you're not in reaction you see what's coming and you only take action and it's not an easy thing to do but and a lot of it is what you know you need to get hold of your fear and find out what that is where it comes from what you're actually afraid of and to see the illusion of it because fear is a phantom it's not really real and it's something you never really overcome you just learn to walk through it duncan we'll put your um uh, a link for you below so if people want uh, would like to support what you're doing or they've got ideas to run by you i'm sure there will be because i get a lot of yes yeah, certainly it's, uh, at the moment i'm in the process i've got a website but to be honest it's uh, i haven't touched it for years i'm developing a new project called the school of mirrors with my son who wants to uh, to learn the medicine and uh, and work with me and he's he's very interested in working with ptsd as well so my email address would be good yes absolutely uh, d.r.wordly at gmail.com brilliant brilliant chris no, it, it's been wonderful and yes really it, nice to have someone yes. who understands yeah <laughs> I don't have to do I, I, well like i say explanations and uh, 
like I say, you know, it, it, this is, it's, it's been a journey. And once, once you, you, you know, once you undertake that journey, it all becomes so obvious, doesn't it? Um, it becomes so, it becomes so obvious. So Duncan stay on the line just so I can thank you properly, but uh massive. Thank you. Really, really enjoyed this chat. Friends at home. Likewise, hope- Chris. Thank you, mate. Friends at home. Um, if you could chuck us a like, if you indeed you did like it, uh, please make sure you're subscribed to the channel and hit the notification bell. A massive, massive thank you for those people who've been kind enough to become uh, Patreons for one ninety nine a month or channel members for one ninety nine a month or who support us on Locals. Much, much love to you all. Thank you. Friends, thank you for listening to the Bought the T-Shirt podcast. Please like, subscribe and share. And don't forget to follow me on social media. Username Chris Thrall. Instagram Chris.thrall. Thank you.